Brina Garen, and you're listening to Hex Positive. Welcome, witches. This is a very special bonus episode of Hex Positive. I'm your host, Brie Nagarin, and today I am pleased, I am honored to welcome one of my favorite artists from the witchcraft community to the show. She's the fabulous voice behind popular pieces like Song of the Witches and Ravens in the Library with I don't know how many albums and countless in-person and online shows under her belt. She's a witch, she's a songstress, she's a mom, she's very possibly a fairy in a clever disguise. Welcome the inimitable S.J. Tucker to the show. Hello there, darling. Thank you for that introduction, Bree. I will neither confirm nor deny the fairy part, but all the rest, yes, yes, indeed. That was well said. Thank you. <laughs> we're all pretty sure, but you, we're, we're, we're willing to keep it very hush-hush. Well, and it, I don't want to call too much attention to myself by 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 saying by saying yes to to any particular faith thing because some of us know that that way lies madness. Mm. But I am I am honored to spend some time with you today. Oh, I have to gush just a little myself. I am a huge fan of your music. So much of it has spoken to my heart and actually even become part of my journey as a witch. You're you're a font of inspiration. I must admit I'm fangirling just a bit having you on the show today. <laughs> oh, well, you can't you cannot see how big my grin is right now, but it is it is as close to ear to ear as 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 is physically possible. Thank you. I love I love to hear. I love to hear from from folks and most especially folks in the community who are putting their own work out there, madam. Uh, that that I have been um, a source of inspiration at one time or another. It really feeds my soul to hear that and makes me want to keep going and keep creating stuff. Well, please do, because you know we all love it. Okay. <laughs> you got a deal. Yes, and because it's so fabulous. So, if you're ready, I think we can dive right in. Proceed. Okay. So, you've been at this for a good while, like the better part of at least 10 years, I think. <laughs> it's okay years, it's certainly. been longer than that <laughs> well, you know, um, I'm trying not trying not to um, admit any numbers as you know society society frowns upon people admitting their age as, as people of a, of a female persuasion in some ways but we don't have to adhere to that I I started performing full-time if that's if that's what we're thinking of, and and we can talk about the start of sort of my my witchy point of origin as well, because they're not quite in alignment, believe it or not. Mm. Uh, I started performing full time in, in 2004, and had, knew through my teens that it was either going to be it was going to be some kind of performance. I hadn't made up my mind for quite a while whether I would focus on music or focus on acting. And that is that is the choice that, that many people have, have faced. I realize that I'm neither the first nor the last. But ultimately, I found a path that would let me uh, make a career out of being myself as opposed to, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, competently portraying other people as as 
the actors that we know and love uh, for the most part are able to do i i get to i get to be me which means i can i can put on or take off plenty of other shapes plenty of other masks as i go and be the voice of all kinds of different things witchy and otherwise so 2004 was when i said okay day job uh, sayonara i am gonna i'm gonna for real do this with a capital d capital t and i I sort of laid laid the well i mean and that's that's something else that we can that we can touch on if you like that not everyone should should feel that they have to monetize or make a career out of the things that that feed you creatively i i think i had rather an easier time than some people because of in part a certain amount of privilege, which I do acknowledge, but also because I knew what I wanted in the first place. And for so many of us, it's hard to figure that part out. And that's what takes such a long time to found to find a root in and to make space for that thing to take root. But I knew, I knew. And and, and to if if we want to go even further back than that, I think I knew on the playground in about the in about the third or fourth grade, because I remember a time when my classmates, when my playmates were playing this game, and this was a circle of girls, and they were all saying, well, I want to marry such and such. I'm going to marry a doctor. I'm going to marry blah, blah, blah. And, I, and somebody said, well, I want to marry a rock star. And in my head, I went, well, wait a minute. I would rather be the rock star than marry the rock star. There it is. And I didn't really hang on. I didn't really register register that I had hung on to that thought until years and years and years later when there I am with a guitar in my hand <laughs> at a festival. <laughs> and I went, oh, yeah, <laughs> that happens. And it's happening. Very cool. That's, I mean, so you you really have been at this more or less your whole life. In in my mind, certainly. In your mind. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> in my mind, certainly. I got to go on a stage for the very first time at age six and that was in a community theater situation with my entire family in the small town where I was raised which is down in the Arkansas section of the Mississippi River Delta and and the the way that my tiny suit on a stage arm in arm with with mom and uncles which is the best introduction that anybody could ever have asked for I think so there there was there was little bitty six-year-old me and I'm 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 stepping out in front of an an auditorium for the first time was full of people but I'm I'm literally hand in hand with the people that I look up to the most on the planet so of course it felt like home and I didn't I didn't experience any kind of stage fright until I was until I was 30 which is completely the backwards way to learn how to deal with stage fright. Now, don't wish it on anybody. After oh my you know, having performed full time for six years, here suddenly it's the stage fright. It was not oh dear. fair. It was not fair. <laughs> but life is life is okay. I'm I'm fine and, and life is better now. But it's it's interesting to look back at the points on the timeline and and see where where the seeds really got planted because mm-hmm. you you cannot always tell until some time has passed what what the start of one particular adventure was. I, uh, I feel like I relate to that just a little bit too much. <laughs> <laughs> tell me, tell me more. Why is that? Uh, well, I have known for most of my life that 
I wanted to do something that involved writing. And I very strongly remember my very first short story, which I wrote in second grade. Oh, boy. And this is such a Mm -hmm. second grader title, but it was The Girl, the Witch, and the Unicorn. So right from the start, there there was the witch. She was always there. And, of course, it was, you know, because I had seen, you know, The Wizard of Oz and I had just started reading The Chronicles of Narnia. So it was like, oh, it seemed like a natural step. Um, But, yes, there, there were girls. There were unicorns. There were vampires there was a witch with a big mechanical arm and it was it was just bonkers it was a fun story like three pages (laughs) i I hope my mom still has it somewhere (laughs) listen if you pack that much into three pages i think that is an achievement i think so too just my personal and i am extremely biased in this regard (laughs) now because i have your books on my shelves Therefore, I cannot I cannot put forth an unbiased assessment of your very first short story from when you were eight. I think I might have <laughs> written my first poem in, in the second grade. So we have that in common. That sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> but from there, it was just all the time. Whenever I had a spare minute, I was scribbling something. You know, I read Harriet the Spy in sixth grade and <laughs> notebook oh for three God, years. Harriet the Spy. Oh, yeah. Oh, I loved that. Mm-hmm. That, visceral was that formative. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. Yeah, that book can't be the taught ones. me to journal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and, you know, then, of course, it went on to, you know, various not very good works of short fiction, which I have squirreled away somewhere. And now that has led me to this and, you know, my witchy works and Grove Daughter Witchery, which I love to call the accidental book. <laughs> It because it because it was it was it was serendipity. I was doing NaNoWriMo the year I got married, 2016, because I was out of a job and uh, I just wasn't making progress on my novel. So like so many of us. Right. So I was like, well, let me check in my files. Let me see if I've got any inspo hanging around. And I found all of these articles that I had written for, you know, my my Tumblr or for you know, various message boards or just to, you know, get a concept out of my brain and onto paper, as it were. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, there's an awful lot in this folder. Just for <laughs> just for funsies. Let's put this in a Word document and see how many 90 pages. Oh, OK. All right, then. I, I, I guess we're doing this. And an okay, additional. So we're doing this. <laughs> OK, so we're doing this. Yep. <laughs> yep, absolutely. And uh, yeah, a, another, you know, hundred and some odd pages later and, you know, two months of feverish overnights. Uh, there was my first solo book. Brava. So, yeah, and I still call it the accidental book because it was not meant to be, and yet it is. <laughs> Let's have another moment of of synchronistic squee because uh, the year that we got married is also something that you and I have in common. We both got married in 2016. No. Yep. Were you also an October bride? I was not an October bride. I was a I was an Imolk bride, and that was <gasps> a conscious choice. Oh! Because because uh, Imolk is at precisely the halfway point between my husband's birthday and my birthday. 
And we said, okay, well, that'll just give us an, another point, another point of celebration. So we'll be celebrating all winter long. Oh, we'll have all it. such things on the calendar because he was born in early January and I'm born at the tail end of February. And and there's, you know, there's Valentine's Day in there, but I've always loved Imolk for whatever reason. It's probably the fire. And so <laughs> Jan- January 31st is our is our date. Oh, that's so sweet. I love a good love story. And if you have That's if you wonderful. have seasonally effective depressive depressive disorder, then I I um I recommend setting up little celebrations of that. No, they don't have to be big things like a wedding anniversary. They can just be little <laughs> stuff like your cat's birthday or something. I don't know. Just <laughs> oh, well, absolutely. Yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, Inbulk myself because uh, Bridget is my prime patron. She was my first uh-huh. patron. Excellent. So, yeah, it's like that is her day. And it's like that is the one day of the year that I will get up at dawn Uh, because my (laughs) ass has offerings to make. (laughs) I'm I'm getting up at dawn a lot these days. My son is two. two Oh, goodness. Just before Samhain. So we we see the sun, but also we live out in the country. So um, lately the mornings are are filled, are filled with the song, with the sounds of hunters uh, duck hunting in the swamp. Oh dear. <laughs> That's where we're at. But I was I've, I've lived out I've lived out here where we live in in the nowhere land uh for a few years now. So it's so I was I'm ready for it. But our son <laughs> this morning he woke up and he said, "That was some guns." Oh no. Yes, honey, that was some guns. That was that was hunters over in the swamp next door. And he said, he said, that was his, his grandfather's nickname is Captain. So he said, that was Captain. And I said, no, I think if that were Captain, it would sound a lot closer. (laughs) And it was so foggy this morning. I don't know. I don't know how anybody saw anything, but maybe that's why there were so many gunshots. Anyway, moving on. (laughs) Oh my God. If if y'all are following Suge on Insta, her son is just about the cutest damn thing I've ever seen. Little Jester. Oh, he's precious. And I loved his, uh. His, his his little his, his little beat, beat poem, poem. that was so cute yes please come and follow and you can you can see and i i try i try to mostly adhere to uh don't post anything that would embarrass them when they're older yes uh, about social media i am i'm not chronicling his entire tiny life but i'm also not <laughs> not uh, i don't have the hard boundary of never post anything about my child I, every once in a while there's something that i just simply must share and mm-hmm. his first little poem about the stars that he <laughs> that he spoke that was about adorable. the other adorable i could not resist I could not resist. And it was I didn't know, you know, sometimes you don't know that something is a poem right away. But it was when he got to the last bit and said, I sit in the window and wonder. And Ryan and I, my husband and I looked at each other. (laughs) We did not teach him this. There are many, many times lately that we say uh, hashtag we we did not teach him this. And another (laughs) one is another one is when he chooses a stick from the ground and raises it above his head and is very clearly casting a spell with a nonsense word we did not teach him that you all y'all will never believe me that i did not teach him that but i promise i promise i did not oh he sounds like a smart kid he's something he's, <laughs> we're we're all gonna be mm. <laughs> we're gonna have to watch him closely i think and yeah and we, i as i am i am the type of mom first of all um we're very, very fortunate during these COVID times because he was not going out for daycare yet. We was he was in in our hearts and minds and by our assessment too little. 
mm-hmm. when when the pandemic began in and for you know on the on the United States timeline in March of 2020 even though scientists were telling us hey pay attention way before that mm-hmm. so he's been he's just been home with us this entire time as we've been staying at home and all of mama's tour dates got eaten by the virus so I haven't needed to go anywhere and I've been able to sort of adapt and conquer the best that I can just like all the rest of us who are who are able to stay home and so he he doesn't know what he's missing in a way he just knows that he gets to see his mom and his dad and his two grandparents who live like a 30 second walk from us on the same property every single day and so he has he's going to have a very strong foundation in spite of all the weirdness at least that's what we hope it really sounds like he's getting that like he's he's going to grow up knowing that his family is there for him and just having a super strong base and a super strong bond with you guys. I think that sounds wonderful. Thank you. But that is Aww. what I like to say is the root of, of my own privilege with white privilege aside. This is yeah. where my, my confidence comes from is that I have never opened my eyes a day of my life and not known that I am loved. I have never gone a day of my life without knowing that there is someone alive who loves me. And Jesse has that now, too. I, I, I wish and, and I didn't also didn't realize, of course, until I was an adult, that that is not necessarily the norm. And I wish to hell that it were. I wish that everyone could know what that feels like. Yeah. Well, bringing it back around to uh, to witchcraft for a sec. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, please. Yes. Mm. <laughs> you are super well known in the community. You've written a number of songs that might as well be anthems for the modern witch. How did you get into witchcraft yourself? Well, dial the uh, set the Wayback Machine for 1997, I think. <gasps> Ooh, Which is coincidentally also the very first year that I gave a concert as a songwriter. I was 17 years old the first time that I had a concert that was all for my material for me to perform with my guitar. And that is also the year that I started looking into, uh, into witchcraft and into witchy things. And it was, it was quite some time before we had anything better than dial up internet folks. For those of you who, who do not know, who may not have lived through that time period or been aware of uh, screen availability <laughs> during, during that year, I wa- I came of age going to an, an arts and science sort of a magnet high school that was a boarding school in Hot Springs, Arkansas. The school is still there, but now it has it has had the words and the arts pended on to the to the back of its name, which those were not there when I was there and, and I have some big feelings about that, but we won't we won't get too deeply into that territory. There was a bookstore on the corner of Malvern Avenue, it's no longer there, called Golden Leaves Books. And it was the first sort of metaphysical, sort of witchy bookshop that I ever visited in my life. And it had a giant, giant purple and gold marquee with the name of the store and had big, big plate windows on at least two of the walls and prime, prime space in this uh, historic downtown national park where Bathhouse Row is and where there are tourists most every day of, of the week and <laughs> probably not at the moment but you know 
And it was there for a very long time. I'm not sure how long, but it was there at the time when I had just enough pocket money to buy, to, to look into some witchy books and see what I might be interested in. Ooh. And I, you know, I grew up, I grew up in Southeast Arkansas. There was no witchcraft scene. There is still yeah. no witchcraft scene as far as I know. And so Hot Springs, Hot Springs has its own sort of witchitude because there are quartz crystals growing out of the ground. There is, there are, it is called Hot Springs for a reason. That's, that's where the thermal healing waters are, are celebrated and people still go to, to take the baths as it were. And the First Nation folks knew about it way before any of the rest of us did. And I don't even know how far back that particular interesting earth spirituality linked history goes. But I was fortunate enough to come of age in that sort of that sort of uh, witchy friendly atmosphere in spite of it being in a, in a completely red state. <laughs> so here I am, 17 years old, and, and I'm at liberty to go and shop in this gigantic bookstore that, that has crystals and whatnot and prisms hanging in the windows and, and oh, no one to tell me amazing. that I couldn't. And I, I grew up in a, in, in a family of readers anyhow, so there was never anything on the shelf that was off limits to me at home. There was never anything off limits to me in a shelf anywhere in a store either. Nice. And Wald, Walden Books is no more, but that is where I hung out when I when I was a teenager, hanging out in places. Oh my God, places me too. Are, <laughs> in, you know, down in the Delta, there's just not much there. We have no cities, so here I was in Hot Springs, which is at the uh, the base of the Washita Mountain Range, which which, as far as I know, and I am willing to be corrected on this, is are they are the oldest mountains on the continent, which means they are soft and green and not very tall. And no one from the Rockies would consider these mountains, but these are the mountains that I come from. And I live much closer to them now. So here I am surrounded by all of this in the atmosphere, completely unawares as still as a, as a young person, as someone who was not of legal age and shopping at Golden Leaves Bookstore. And I, it, it was a DJ Conway book. It was a DJ Conway book for many of us. There have been many more <laughs> well-informed conversations about, about DJ Conway books. I will not, I will not um, add to that because I don't have anything constructive to add. But it was mm. tiny. It was small enough that I could put it in my backpack. And so that was, that was sort of my, my jumping off place. And being in the pretty unique, touristy, kitschy, yet also legitimately... Um, geologically and witchified, interesting atmosphere of hot springs. That was that was sort of my my point of origin. And then I didn't meet any other pagans for another couple of years. But I had a good friend in college who referred to herself as a Wiccan Baptist. Oh boy! <laughs> and I think that was I think that was a pretty smart move, uh, considering where we lived at the time, and that Satanic Panic and the West Memphis Three were in recent memory at the time. Mm-hmm. Like the West mm-hmm. Memphis Three could have been any one of us in the state of Arkansas. Really, it could have been any one of the weird kids. It could yeah. have been me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't me. Uh, and and much respect to those gentlemen who are now who are now grown and and in the world doing their thing. Mm-hmm. But like it's we and some of us still feel 
like the fear from that. Like we are, we are not out of the broom closet necessarily. I have no reason. I've got nothing to hide. So I am, but my house is also not easy to find. So I don't have to worry <laughs> about evangelicals coming up my driveway because they have to be able to find my driveway first. Anyhow. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was in uh, when I was a sophomore in college which was still in Arkansas, but at the opposite corner from where I grew up. It's this sort of vague trapezoid with, with, with four corners. And I grew up in the, in the, in the Southeast corner. Um, I went to, went to college in the Northeast corner. And that was where I met my first person who identified as pagan in any way. And she was instrumental in then introducing me to Summerlin Grove Pagan Church in Memphis, Tennessee, which is the group that I studied with and became part of after college when I moved across the river to Memphis with the thought in mind that, okay, this is close enough to my parents that if they need me, I can go home, but it's got enough of a music scene that I can start investigating and learning how to launch this music career that's still just a dream in the back of my head. And that was 2001. So I started studying with Summerlin Grove, which is a, which is a non-tradition specific, very open, very welcoming pagan group that's, that's still around in uh, winter of 2001. And they had, uh, they have what they call the realm classes, which are, uh, I know we're not supposed to say baby witch necessarily. There are some people that get aggravated at that term, but for, for folks that, that really wanted to, to have sort of a formalized structured way of figuring out what your witchcraft looks like. That that's a set of classes that they offered, and I believe that they still do. And they they you start with you start with Earth, and that's basically okay. If you're leaving a previous religious situation, let's get you right with that, so that that isn't baggage that you're carrying around when you're learning how to be the kind of witch that you want to be. Mm-hmm. And then you move you move on up through they they have it named after the elements. So there's Earth, and then Fire, and then um, Air, and then Water. So you have the the realm system and then the the fifth realm is spirit. And that's for folks that are seeking clergy training. And it is as far as I know, that's that's still going on. So I went through um, the realm classes up through third realm and then everybody wanted to be be, wanted me to be clergy. So I was oh, sorry, I'm going on tour. Catch me if you can. Ha ha. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) You can't get me. Um, <laughs> and so she I, flew I, off with a raven squawk. I really did. I did I, in my little SUV <laughs> at age 24. So I was in Memphis studying with Summerlin Grove from age 21 to age 24 with Summerlin Grove, and not with not necessarily with with Wicca in mind. Although I, I hear people online have have um, been referring to me as an old school Wiccan, and <laughs> when that comes up, I, I go in and I gently correct and I say I. This is not something that I've ever claimed to be, and I don't want to upset anyone by by not being that. So let me just tell you that I am not. <laughs> fair, I, fair. I certainly studied with Wiccans. I love performing for Wiccans. I love interacting with Wiccans, but I, I more identify as just a magical practitioner than someone of any any pagan religious tradition or uh, any any established tradition I'm I I also think of myself as a song which which is something that I I kind of make up as I go just for my own sake but I've also heard people say bardic witchcraft which Ooh. which sounds a bit a bit more legit and <laughs> so we can say that it's bardic witchcraft as long as that doesn't step on anyone else's uh tradition type toes 
Yeah, I, I think that's very appropriate for what you do. Thank you. Yeah, you're, well, you're definitely a bard. Yeah, <laughs> you're definitely yeah, well, a bard. <laughs> I can't, I can't, can't get away from that one. I don't that. But even, and it was like most of us, um, the Greek myths as a child, when I was a child, the Greek myths made me sort of witchy curious. And I, I didn't know as a kiddo, of course, that there are people who still who still follow that pantheon. I didn't learn that until many, many years later. But mm-hmm. it clicked in my head because I I loved what what I think a lot of people uh, refer to as the Eleusinian mysteries. Now, uh, the story the story of of Demeter, Demeter, and Persephone, and Persephone ending up uh, ending up as both uh, um, a goddess of, of the changing of the seasons and the queen of the underworld. Mm-hmm. That that whole myth cycle really grabbed my imagination as a kiddo. And of course, the the book that I um, had as as an eight year old that I got from my from my great aunt who was always bringing me books. She was, she was rad. She was more of a, of a witchy influence than she may realize <laughs> um, because she brought me that first, uh, that first anthology of Greek myths that I could read when I was eight. And of course that anthology did not have it categorized as, as Persephone was raped and kidnapped, which some versions of the story do. Mm-hmm. And, but, but that was, that was sort of the, the, the opening of my, my little tiny head, my little tiny third eye of, Hey, there are, there are myth cycles that have nothing to do with Jesus. And I was, I was raised in, in quite a lot of the Jesus, but not in a, not in a judgmental evangelical sort of way at all. It was very, mm-hmm. very sweet, grounded, um, non-proselytizing sort of small town Methodist church. And I, I, I like to work this into my stage pattern a lot and, and joke with people and say, I may not look like it, but I come from a long line of Methodist ministers. And <laughs> that gets a laugh at a pagan festival. And I, I do not regret that I, <laughs> that I am transparent about that. But, yeah, that was I, I, I blame a lot or I give a lot of credit to that that Greek myth cycle. And of course, now we, we realize that there is some colonialism tied up with the fact that that's sort of the first thing that a lot of us learn about. And we're, 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 we're doing better. We're learning better and we're going to continue to try to do better about honoring um, more pantheons and, and respecting when a tradition is closed and et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I think that the, the Hellenic myths were a gateway for a lot of us. I remember yeah. having, we, we literally had like a middle school language arts unit on the Greek myths when I was in school, when I was in like seventh grade. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, well, this is odd. You know, I I was also raised very Christian, uh, Methodist in later years, but started Presbyterian, which is eh, a little less nice. Yeah. Bless um, yeah. They're, <laughs> they're trying. But um, We're they try. <laughs> but I just I remember going into this class going, wait, why are we learning about these other gods and goddesses? And for a second, you know, the the religion that I was raised with kind of reared its head and went, this is wrong and blasphemous. And mm. then the curious side of me went, actually, no, this is really freaking interesting. So sit down. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we're going to learn about this to pass the class, first of all. And second of all, my art teacher just told me to make a devotional bowl for the goddess of my choice. Hmm. I like this art teacher. I think I might be this art teacher aspect <laughs> of myself. I'm like, okay, so we're gonna. Okay, so we're doing this, and yes. yeah. Uh, 
there, there was, there's been a lot of that in my life. A lot of, okay, so we're doing this. Um, the, the goddess, in case anyone is curious, and I'm sure you all are, was Artemis, uh, who has not Yay. ended up in my personal pantheon. Uh, she, she is not present, but I do like her very much. So, yeah, I, I think. She knows. Oh, I'm I sure. If she knows. Oh, <laughs> well, we could free music. Yay. Mm. Of course you do. And oh, I have I a surprise it. for you along those lines, but I don't want to <gasps> call you out or embarrass you. But I, I, Bria, I don't know how deeply you have dug into my Patreon, but there is a song. There is a song. It is not out in the world yet. It's just a baby song, but it is a song that exists because of the Sisters Grimoire, because of your fairy tale book of spells. It would not exist if, if you did not exist. And so I was going to sing it for you, but not if it's not if it's going to make you fall to pieces. Too late. Um, <laughs> oh, my done. goodness. Okay. Um, but I, I yes? heard that in one of the, in one of the, um, in one of the monthly uh, podlings that you have access to in one of the Firebird snacks on my Patreon. Uh, oh and my I didn't goodness. know if you'd, if you'd gone back through there to find it yet. So surprise, I wrote a song because of a book of yours. <laughs> Oh my goodness. No, I hadn't seen that one and now I'm going to have to go and and find it as soon as I can see. Oh. Well, it, it's it's called The Sweetest and the Cleverest and there are quite a few quite a few little easter eggs in the lyrics for people that are familiar with your work, for people who um treasure The Sisters Grimoire the way that I do. Oh my goodness. And I, I, this I'm it feels like a gear shift, but we're going from uh, what what myths inspire us to what fairy tales inspire us and I think they're I think they are side by side so hopefully that that didn't give anybody whiplash what I just did there no no I I, I think it makes uh it makes good sense <laughs> okay shall I shall I then shall I shall I entertain you oh my god yes please <laughs> okay we're recording so whatever goes wrong it's on me it's not on you go for it what if in every fairy tale is hid a recipe or spell. Learn to look and be amazed by iron stoves and straw to gold. What if what's forbidden comes to be the very safest place? Brambles hide a heart unbroken, herbs the charm our puppet holds. If we take a tiny taste, one drink from where the lambkin walked, Thirst dissolves, but form as well. Changed, undone, and under spell. Harms thrown back by dancing pins, shaken till the rondo ends. And fiddle turns to fire in the sweetest and the cleverest of hands. Silken darkness, hazy moon, careful stitches mark the tune, and fiddle turns to fire in the sweetest and the cleverest of hands. Mark the tales your elders tell, therein lies no truer spell. Take it both to heart and mind, on iron stove your balm to stir. Knowledge given, knowledge gained, forbidden is no word of ours. Stories at the core of us unbind the skeins of who we were. 
If we take a tiny taste, one drink from where the lambkin walked, thirst dissolves but form as well, changed, undone, and under spell. Arms thrown back by dancing pins, shaken till the rondo ends, and fiddle turns to fire in the sweetest and the cleverest of hands. Silken darkness, hazy moon, careful stitches mark the tune, and fiddle turns to fire in the sweetest and the cleverest of hands bless your searching spirit child emboldened heart and yes your clever hands that's sort of my uh consolation prize to you is an apology for not having written reviews more quickly of the books that you have sent to me <laughs> that that was beautiful oh my god thank you Thank you. Well, it's it's my pleasure, and that is how you have inspired me. Oh, okay. I have to stop crying now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, Suj, thank you so much. That's amazing. You bet. Well, it'll be it'll be more amazing when I get to know it a little better. That's that's one of the new ones that I've written this year, and I've only performed it maybe the once just to make the demo that I included in that one Patreon post. So oh my god, it is it is not quite as as um as fully grown as I would like for it to be in sharing it with you, but I couldn't resist. But it's so cool! <laughs> Yay! Oh my god, and I, I was I was loving the little Easter eggs. I'm just like, yes! Ah, <laughs> oh, that was incredible. Oh, oh my god. Right. Like I said, you're a bard. Thanks. You are amazing. Oh my goodness. I, do not deny. I will I will own the bardness. Oh my goodness. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm glad that it's okay with you that I that I surprised you that way. Oh my God, are you but kidding? I, I wasn't even sure. Like I didn't even have it in my head that I was gonna that I was gonna do that to you until this morning when I woke up and I said, "Yep, yep, I yeah, yeah." Okay, so it's we're okay, doing we this. Are. Okay. So we're doing <laughs> yes. Oh, holy crap! I love. Okay. Be, I love getting to be the shower head for all this stuff, and and even though even though I. I told you at the outset what what that piece was about and what inspired it mm -hmm. I also do not get mad if there are things that people hear in my words and in my music that never occurred to me in fact I love that so if if you don't know what a song of mine is about and you draw your own conclusions I want you to and I support that ah <laughs> oh, that is amazing I'm, I'm I'm squealing like I, can. I can't stop smiling. Oh my god! And I don't want to I don't want to throw you <gasps> off the track though. Ah! <sighs> Even though I know I completely did, I don't I don't want to throw you completely off of your of your game plan for today. So no, we, we can, no, we can that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I couldn't ask for a better distraction. That was wonderful. Oh my god! Excellent. I will send okay. it to you. I will send a, a recording. Oh, yes. That is, that is not yes, us yes, on yes, yes. Skype. Squee. Okay bringing it back in actually this is a, a great uh, a great lead-in to talk about your uh your songs um you are super prolific obviously with your your uh your singing and your songwriting your catalog has to have at least a hundred songs in it 
which is and there's so much that I haven't even had the time or the Mm -hmm. energy to release yet and part of that is my is my own doing in doing (laughs) things like signing up for uh to be part of a group that that writes a song a week for an entire year and I've done that (gasps) three and a half times now I think Uh, maybe four and a half times it's it's a blur like I've written so many songs now that I can't even remember some of the ones that I've written from six months ago and that's this is a grand problem of abundance to to have part of it is part of it is that and part of it is that I am just a wind-up toy and that is what my, (laughs) my fiddle player Alec called me the week that I wrote Ravens in the library and we were all oh, hanging that out. Song. That was, that was during the, the, the very early days of tricky pixie mm-hmm. of, of my band with Alexander James Adams and Betsy Tinney out in the Pacific Northwest was, that was our, our first sort of weekend of, okay, let's get together and just play music for three days for an entire weekend and, and see if we still like each other. And then we'll know <laughs> that yes, we should be a band and we should think about um, recording a CD together. And that was, that was, uh, January 2008, and I was sitting in one of um, one of my cellist Betsy's wingback chairs, and the were and the ravens in the library just started pouring out of me. It just started pouring out the whole idea from start to finish because one of our friends who was a grad student at um, the University of Washington there in the Seattle area told me about the the Raven Brings Light to This House of Stories art installation in the Allen Library. And that is what oh, nice. that song. that's what inspired that's what inspired the song. So there really are ravens in that library. They are um, they are sculpted ravens. They are hanging from the ceiling and they're all sort of gently moving in the air current from the HVAC system and they've all got <sighs> different They've all got little different iridescent details in their wings. The way that the way that corvid wings look, they they have that sort of that that sort of color shift sheen to them. They're painted in that style very very subtly, and they all have different alchemical symbols and kanji and letters and punctuation in their beaks as they're flying around. And on um on in two languages on the wall in English and in first local First Nation language it says raven brings light to this house of stories and that is the name of the art installation so that you can look that up online and you can find out more that is the coolest thing i've ever heard oh i love it i love everything about it it was the coolest thing i had ever heard which is why i just sit down and write a song immediately and alec is just watching this happen to me and he just you're just a wind-up toy aren't you we just wind <laughs> you up and let you go yeah so i pretty much I, I pretty much have to be ready for a song to arrive at any at any time and having a smartphone having having enough privilege to have a smartphone in my life uh has really saved my butt a lot because of the voice memos app and and the yes the the notes app that i can just write down lyrics on a whim even Mm -hmm. you know if i'm rocking my son to sleep and i only have one arm i can still i can still catch a song idea if it comes oh that is so cool and you do get your inspo from like all over the place it seems like but you've you've found this really delightful niche with witchcraft and folklore and the works of Catherine Valenti and now me um how how did you settle in there is is that just where you feel most at home or did you try writing other stuff first and then that sort of just grabbed you and refused to let go or well how how did that go sort of anticipating um, what we might discuss today I was I was remembering I had a memory sort of bubble up 
um, in just a few days ago about the very the very first time that I that I sang for someone who purported to be a publishing record label kind of person. And I sang the most impressive song that I felt I had written up to that point. And I'm, you know, I think I was 19 at the time. And I sang this thing and I gave what I thought was just exactly the performance that I wanted to give. And the first words out of his mouth were, that's really great. Do you play any covers? Uh... My heart sank. So I still have that chip on my shoulder about when people, about that, that experience when people ask me to, to, play Freebird or whatever, which please do not, do not. Oh, no. <laughs> the joke is old. There are people in my life who can play Freebird very well. I don't have time. <laughs> please don't ask. Uh, I, will play, I will play Firebird for you instead of Freebird and everyone will dance. It'll be great. I promise. But that's uh, what we can, that's what we can yell at all your concerts. Instead of play Freebird, play Firebird. Yes. And you, and people do yell that at my concerts and it makes me so happy. Yes. Even when I'm too tired to sing it. Cause Firebird takes a lot out of a person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's like, glorious. Oh, you turn it up to 11 or you don't play it at all. Mm-hmm. Which, which it's been it's been a bit of a challenge to adapt that for online shows because I'm I'm basically uh, belting Firebird in a room all by myself at at a computer screen <laughs> <laughs> and also trying not to overload my microphone so there have been yeah. some some sort of more subtle performances of Firebird style <laughs> since the pandemic started and online shows have been the only kind of shows that any of us can do I uh, oh gosh what was where were we headed with that? I completely lost my train of thought. Uh, so, being annoyed so about was, covers. Yeah, it's, and not even that. Just just realizing that okay, if if this if they're looking for someone who's who's an easy sell, if they're looking for somebody that will that will just be a jukebox, then I'm probably not going to be the traditional kind of rock star. So that then that then allowed me to not have to quote unquote, take myself too seriously and only try to write pop songs, for instance, as a very, very young, very clueless, very um, self-absorbed songwriter, not, not try to only write songs about love and loss, which, which is generally what you will hear on the radio, but to write about the stories that inspired me, the books that inspired me, the the people that inspired me, the witchcraft that inspires me, which is where we're sitting in this moment. And there's there's a long there's a tradition of writing about about stories. I mean, even Led Zeppelin were giant Tolkien fans, and they were not shy about it, you know. And that was before any of oh, us had yes. any of us had sci-fi conventions to go to, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Where where there's an entire scene for playing for playing music that is about sci-fi and fantasy literature, sci-fi and fantasy modern stuff, comics, graphic novels, Firefly, all of it, you know. I and that's that's or there's a, there's a lot of crossover in my fan base between the, the witches and the nerds, and I would not have it any other way because y'all are loyal as hell. And anytime that anytime you love someone, um, you will you will not only tell us and take us to task if we are problematic, which I I am the kind of person that I really, really want you to. If I step in it, I want you to tell me <laughs> I don't want to go around blissfully ignorant because I've, I've you know, I've I, I had plenty of life to be blissfully ignorant in up to this time. Now is the time when we face up to our failings and do better with white supremacy and white body supremacy and all those other things. So why not just make it make it the norm that when we mess up, we the people who love us 
our our we can trust them to tell us and say, listen, you need to check this and you need to learn a little bit more about it because I think you're I think you said something that upset a few people. That kind mm-hmm. of thing. And Word. so not only not only are do I have extremely loyal fans in this wonderful niche that I am blessed to inhabit, I have people that will tell me the truth. And so when I get feedback from you or from other people that I am creating work that that really, really inspires you and gets your gets you going or helps your magic feel a little bit stronger. My God, I, I live for that. And that is that is when I know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And any time that um, any time that I have those those moments of self self doubt, which thankfully have been few and far between in recent years. But a decade ago, I was exhausted. I was experiencing vocal fatigue and stage fright for the same at the same time for the first time. And I I did have some days when I would say to what I would think to myself maybe I should just quit. And immediately, and this still happens to me, every single time I even have the thought, an email notification will come in or someone will call me or someone will say to my face, please don't ever stop singing. We need you. Please don't ever stop doing what you're doing. We need you. And the last couple of times it happened, I'm like, okay, thank you, powers that be. I am listening. (laughs) I hear you. (laughs) I will stop. I, I, I will I will ST, STFU and, and stop with the self-doubt. So that's the, these are these are the things that that keep me waking up in the morning, not to, not to be cliche about it, but it is it is fact that to have the, the to have the fan base to have the fan base that I have, to have the niche that I have, I would not trade for, you know, a spot at the at the Super Bowl halftime show and and a stadium full of people. I because I've got y'all. I don't need to measure my success by those major label terms because I get so much connection and so much magic and so much constructive feedback, so much gentle feedback and so much genuine love from from all y'all. I don't I I lack for nothing. I truly, truly lack for nothing. Oh, Suj. Well, speaking on behalf of Witches Everywhere, we love you too. Please never stop writing. We do need you. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> and since you were Message kind enough received. to yes, and since you were kind enough to gift me with that lovely song, let me gift you with something to keep you in, to keep in your back pocket for the okay. next time that you have a bad day. I have opened every formal ritual that I have done in my home with the witch's rune for, for the past five years. Yes. That's uh-huh. exactly what I want. That is exactly what I want for you. And yep. exactly what I want for that song. And whenever I feel like I am losing my witchy inspo, whenever I feel like I haven't been sufficiently magical, whenever I just need to reach out and like feel the universe reaching back, I blast that song in my car and sing along. <laughs> and and the, that's that's the audio cleanse. Yes. Right? That's the that's the frequency cleanse. Yep. Not that and I, I'm I feel not it. an expert on sound healing, but mm-hmm. but I I, I want to have that in in as an as an undercurrent, if not a blazing overcurrent of the work that I do also, because I do try to come at this as a healer, 
as yeah. well as an entertainer. And that, mm-hmm. that, that's woven into to the bardic identity for sure, mm-hmm. as far as I know, from what, from what little I know. I, I will often step onto stage or, or, you know, fire up the laptop in the case of the past however many months as we, as we live in the plague times. And I will, I will put the prayer out there. I will put the statement out there. I will put the intention out there. Please let me be the vehicle for whatever everyone watching needs most today. Like whatever healing is needed, please let me be the vehicle for that. Through and it and it doesn't necessarily make me change the set list if I had prepared one ahead of time. I like to think that that being open to that allows it to come, whatever else I have planned. And it's that's that's the perfect trust, right? That's where the perfect trust part comes in. Is exactly, you, yeah. You put out if you're gonna put out the perfect love, then you you perfectly trust that it's gonna come through. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it does. It really does. Every time that you perform, and I've seen a number of your online concerts, just there's there's an energy that comes through, but the main thing is just how much you love what you're doing and how much you genuinely like love and want good things for the people listening no matter who they are and you always put that in and it just it it goes right to your heart you know it's beautiful because i want i want that to be to be apparent i'm not i'm not gonna obviously i'm not a shoegaze band and i'm dissing <laughs> on any shoegaze bands right now but i want i want you to see my eyes if there's if I, you know, if I get choked up about something, I want you to hear it. I want you to know that I'm as human and vulnerable as you, with or without all the power that's coming through any given song or any given moment. And obviously, I, I love that the power comes through. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love getting, I, I say, I say being the vehicle, I say being, being the channel, being the shower head, whatever yep. you want to call it. <laughs> I, I like the shower head. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it grounds it a bit. Mm-hmm. I love, I love the the honor of of being that i love to to have the opportunity to be to be the thing that the 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 person the being the thing that holds space for that to come through mm-hmm. and there are some songs that i really have to make sure i have both feet planted firmly on the ground before i sing them uh because i know that 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 big stuff is going to come through yeah. <laughs> whether or not whether or not we're in the mood for that that day, big stuff is going to come through. And mm-hmm. and some of them some of them are not released yet. And some of some of the ones that I'm thinking of when I say that are, are, are out in the world and have been out in the world for quite some time now. Come to the Labyrinth is one. And we're as we're as we're sitting here speaking right now in this time that we're recording this, we're not that far out from from Samhain. Mm-hmm. And that is my Samhain song. I wrote that song the the after um, several years of walking the candlelight labyrinth at Festival of Souls in Memphis, which is put on by Summerlin Grove, who I talked about earlier. And, but also I had to not walk that labyrinth for a couple of years before the song could come to pass because Samhain kicks my butt uh, pretty, you know, pretty reliably. But in 2004, <laughs> that first year that I went on the road full time, my father died at Samhain. Oh, and so I didn't walk that labyrinth that year because I had to leave the middle of packing up to go to that festival to drive to my hometown instead. Yikes. And then I couldn't, I, so I didn't, 
I didn't walk the labyrinth the following year because I was like, mm -mm. Mm-hmm. no, I see you looking at me and I'm not ready yet. <laughs> and so then it was the following year that I, that I walked it in earnest. So it was two years after my dad died that I was finally able to walk that labyrinth again with intention and go all the way in and come all the way out. It's huge, y'all. It's in this giant field. It's built out of tea lights in little cups. And it takes about 45 minutes to walk all the way in and all the way out again. Oh my gosh. If, you know, you take a few minutes at the center to, to, to interact or pray or meditate or whatever you need to do, leave an offering. And then you walk all the way back out. And there's, there's a guardian <sighs> at the, at the edge, making sure that too many people don't go in at once and run over each other. And, <laughs> and then, but then after, after a few hours, almost everyone's gone through. And so it's much quieter out there and you're under the stars and maybe some of the tea lights have burned out, but I always like to, to walk it again after that. If I, if I haven't walked, if I've walked it already or walk it at, at, at for the first time at that sort of more liminal hour. Mm -hmm. And so after the festival was over, that weekend, it's 2006, so it was Samhain-ish, 2006 in October, I went back to my friend Paula's house where I was staying, and I wrote Come to the Labyrinth on my futon, on, our, on the futon where she was letting me, letting me sleep for the night. And, and it, I, I didn't know how many people it was going to resonate with at the time, and I don't need to make that song about recovering from my father's death. I didn't need to do that. I just, I needed to be the vehicle for that song to come through, and it did. And so I I get a little nervous anytime I sing it, even even if I'm online, even if I'm pre-recorded, which I have to be a lot of the time for my online shows because my, my internet service provider situation is not great out here in the woods. But it's, it's, I, still, I still get the feels, and you can hear the feels in my voice, and mm -hmm. I don't, I don't beat myself up over the fact that you can hear the feels. Because I, I want you to, you know, and obviously I want to be polished and I want to sound professional. And I want my tone to be good and I want my, my pitch to be good. But I don't want to sound, I don't want to sound so perfect that you cannot, you cannot relate to me. And so that's, I'm, I'm a lot more forgiving of myself than I was for like, and as I was, when I was performing in my late twenties and I wanted everything to be absolutely perfect mm -hmm. and it just, it just isn't, and it never will be. And you practice and you practice and you practice until you're, until you're certain that as few mistakes as possible will come. And that's how we get good. That is how we get good. We, you, you may have a certain amount of, of talent that you begin with, and that is the seed that you plant. You don't just sit on that. You, you work and you work to get better. There are people that are surprised that I will still take voice lessons from time to time. They're like, but Sue, you already know how to do the sings. <laughs> but there's, that doesn't mean that I know everything. You, you know, you want to go back and check in with someone who can tell you if they can see that you're holding tension in your physical body when you're trying to sing. That, that's the mm -hmm. kind of thing that a good voice teacher will do. They will tell you how not to sing so that you don't injure yourself, so that your instrument will be be reliable for you until until the end of your life until you have no more singing to do that sounds smart so yeah, yeah I don't want to be I don't want to be I want to be the, the channel but I don't want to be inhuman about it yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> because because I am human I want the humanity to come through and so when the mistakes happen it's it's because we're human it's not because it's not because you're terrible it's because you are a human being yeah 
And it's important to remember that. I mean, as much as we want to inspire others and as much as we want to, you know, put that part of ourselves out there that that, that gives this art that is the vehicle, like you said, you know, it's important to ground that. And, you know, like like you said, also to, to keep keep those feet on the ground and be like, hey, you know, I don't want to put myself above other people. I'm just giving you what I have to give. Yeah. And mm-hmm. not not trying to be not making sure that I'm not. Uh, elevated above my peers is is very important to me. Um, mm-hmm. I would much rather collaborate with the other musicians of my little witchy scene because we are a tiny, tiny, tiny scene, and we are we are growing, but we are t nine c. So there's no <laughs> point in any of us being enemies or thinking, well, I'm I should be a bigger star than so and so, or I can never compete with with who's it's because there are 12 people in that band and they're always going to be a bigger deal than I am. I that is the those are the types of mindsets that I refuse to entertain in myself and that I I I that that, that make me sad when I see them in, in other performers, because, yes, there is there is competing to be done out in the world, but not if you know not if you're not on America's Got Talent or whatever. We if if we're if we're all going to be together and we only get one chance at this life, this particular version of this life, then we might as well be buddies and make music together and collaborate instead of being in competition. So I've I said years and years ago to myself, if if I'm going to rise, if I'm going to be any kind of famous, then I want to take all my all my buddies with me, all my bandmates with me, anybody that I've ever shared a stage with, you know, as long as that person wasn't a, a complete jerk. And they're, they're only oh, the, the jerks have been in the minority, I'm happy to say. <laughs> but like, I don't want to be a, I don't want to be at the top without all of my friends getting to come with me. That would suck. You would never have anybody yeah. to talk to. So the, that's that's not where I'm at. And that's that's another reason that I'm OK with not having major label stardom necessarily there yeah there are so many good things right here where you are and I think it helped me a lot that someone someone said to me you get to measure your success by by other means than what the industry would would encourage you to use Mm -hmm. I'm really very very grateful that somebody said said that to me when I was just learning how the music business works and how I wanted it to work. And I'm fortunate in that I got to come up at a time when it was all in flux anyway, and it was all shifting and everyone was, everyone was a little bit nervous. Well, everyone at the top was a little bit nervous that the fact that downloading and streaming things was just coming to be something that people were getting used to was going to kill the music industry. Oh yeah. I remember that. You know, all (laughs) the rest of us were like, okay, good. Can we, can we make something new instead? And I know that I know that if I had been born 10, 20, 30, 40 years earlier than I was, I wouldn't have been here at the right time for it to be possible for you to make an album at your house mm-hmm. that that has sound quality enough to be to be added to added to the the rotation on iTunes or on someone's Spotify playlist. And I'm even today. This made my afternoon. Somebody started the hashtag. Somebody on on Twitter, one of my one of my Twitter people started um, Suge Saturday as a hashtag, and then posted a, a screenshot of her Spotify playlist that was all of my songs that she could find. <gasps> nice. That made, that made my whole day. I'm like, yes, please do that. Um, 
I will I will watch the, the hashtag Suge Saturday. We didn't even have hashtags when I started doing this, you know. <laughs> hey, here's a go. And, and so I just I love to see the evolution of things. And that 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 goes all the way back to the songs that I put out in the world. If people hear something that I don't, I'm not gonna get mad about it. I'm not one of these people who insists that if something doesn't go a certain way, then it was a failure. And, and I will I will never say this is this is the only this is the only headcanon that I will accept because that that narrows that narrows possibility to a degree that that, that I think is detrimental. I agree. I agree. I think the more the more possibilities and the more friends we have as we make this journey, the better. Yes. And mm-hmm. thank goodness for the internet in this in this weird year of the virus. Oh my God, that yes. We can still stay connected <laughs> by the in some ways by the skin of our teeth, but mm-hmm. and and even with with Zoom call fatigue or whatever the the term is for it now. Yeah. We. Yeah. Uh, I am I am so very well set up out here in the woods to weather a pandemic, but that is because I have you know I have some acreage to walk around on, and I I think about my people living in high rises one on top of each other mm-hmm. and everybody everybody in um in the medical field who yeah. is mm-hmm. key, who is saving saving the human race as far as i'm concerned True. and burning themselves out to do it i my heart goes out obviously i but even even i even as well set up as i am out here even i have days when i'm just not okay so just then i and i share that as, as a way to say, if you are not okay right now, it is so okay for you to not be okay. <laughs> Please don't mm-hmm. beat yourself up for not being okay. Anyone who's listening, who's having days when they're not okay, even those of us who um, who really are in as good a shape as we could ever have wished for in the, in this stupid stupid year, have days <laughs> oh have days God, when we're just when we're just not right. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well. That actually leads to one of my uh, my other questions. Um, when you feel like you're not okay, when you feel stuck, when you feel like you're drained, what do you do to reset and recharge? Oh my God, pick up a guitar. Pick <laughs> up a guitar. So many times when I'm when I'm when I'm PMSing or just in in the in a headspace that is that is not a good one, I will. I will go sit with a guitar and just either practice something that I have on my mind that I need to be working on or just noodle a little bit. And then I'll think, why haven't I been doing this every single day? Because usually part of the problem is that I haven't been playing music every single day. And my time is at a premium these days because I, I am chasing a toddler around most of most of the daylight hours and some of the nighttime hours. So I have this. We're we're right now. We're talking in my um in my radio free mommy hour when uh, baby Jesse is hanging out with his two grandparents for a day for for the afternoon. He goes to their house every time uh, every day at the same time. Aww. And so I have this. This is my work window, right? This nice. is when I I get to work on what I need to work on or to 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 stack language on top of itself to play what I need to play or to play with what I need to play with and I mean that I mean that in the musical way as well as the just coloring which I haven't done in ages or just reading a book or whatever oh my god yes so it's 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 I have to but I 
I'm also grateful that I had time management drummed into me as a teenager when I was going to that math and science school that I mentioned way, way back when we first started talking about stuff. Because it's I I have the I have the the sort of framework in my brain to say, okay, I can I can either schedule some stuff and break up that that little window of time that I have, or I can choose one thing to work on today. And even if I don't get to do that one thing, it's okay. That, yeah, that one hits home. I mean, it's so tricky. I, yeah, but I, it's, it's so tricky, but it is, it, it is there. And yeah. it, there are mm-hmm. good days and bad days. Mm-hmm. And that's Absolutely. Everything and everyone, I realize. Mm-hmm. It really is. And I mean, like pandemic stuff aside, even, you know, when, when you're struggling with, with, like chronic health issues or depression or, or ADHD. Hi. Uh, (sighs) You know, sometimes it's, yeah, it's, it's exactly that. It's like, okay, I got to pick one thing to do today because that is the number of spoons that I have. And if I don't do it, that's okay too. Yeah. Some days there just, there is no, there, there are no spoons. There's not even a spoon drawer. Yes. You just have to just be with that and, and be in that and embody that. Mm-hmm. And it will not last forever is, is what I keep telling myself when I have a day that I am dissatisfied with for whatever reason, mm-hmm. this, this will not last forever. And I like that better than this too shall pass for, for because <laughs> that, that just annoys me. And I don't know why, maybe it's the turn of phrase, but I yeah, like maybe. it, it won't last forever. It will not last yeah. forever. That one, mm-hmm. that one suits me better. Yep. I really like it can't rain all the time. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. That and oh, no man. spoons. No spoons left. Only knives. <laughs> <laughs> no spoons left. Only knives. Or which which makes me think of dog soldiers where they parodied. There is no spoon. <gasps> I love that movie. Is my nerd showing? That's okay. I don't hide it. Ooh. I, I haven't seen it in a really long time, but my hubby has uh, has a, a werewolf issue, capital I. So I don't know that that's one that Same. we watch together, but I know that he has seen it. Like we have there, Bree. Okay, I live with a wizard. He is a weirdo. Yes, he acknowledges this. He owns it. He knows it well. Uh, he 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 lives with 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 that identity uh, category mm-hmm. in the forefront of his mind. We have. <laughs> You know, with childproofing taken into account, there are so many weapons in that house because <laughs> he saw a werewolf movie as a child and somebody came in through the second story, like a werewolf came in through the second floor window and he was like, nope, not uh-huh. going out like that. There's any anywhere, you know, you could walk two feet in any direction in our house and there will be some sharp bladed object for you to grab hold of so that you will not get taken out by something stupid. Oh, it's that kind of werewolf <laughs> issue. Okay. Yes. I yes, I misinterpreted. That kind of werewolf. <laughs> I mean, but that, that... not to say that not to say I'm, I didn't mean to imply that there was only one oh, no, kind no. of werewolf issue. But uh, that's, some... yeah, he's uh-uh. yeah. Some of us I have werewolf issues, and some of us have werewolf issues. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's fair. Uh, I, I will I will name drop blatantly right now and say that say that um Seder Phil Brucato, who is largely responsible for Werewolf the Apocalypse, is one of my best friends. So I there I acknowledge that there are all kinds of different werewolf issues <laughs> in the world. Yes. Uh, 
Oh God, that's 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 so freaking funny. Uh, <laughs> actually, the the second floor window thing that happens in Dog Soldiers, doesn't it? Maybe I think it does. I, at Dog some Soldiers point. was not made when when he had this experience because he was a little bit right. Mm-hmm. But, but I, I I don't remember. Uh, it was probably, I probably like, watch, which means I should watch it again because I I love I love that movie. <laughs> oh my God! Yes, yes. Good friend Suge, you come sit by me. We will come and 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 geek over werewolf movies together anytime you want. Yay! We can have love weird it. popcorn with weird flavors. Ah <gasps> yes. <laughs> yes 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 okay. yes. When, when Here I, for when it. When I am when I am next on the Eastern Seaboard and we are not in the COVID times, let's do this. Yes, if you're ever in the Richmond or Norfolk areas, you call me. Okay. We we will do a thing. The drinks are on me. <laughs> Perfect. Sweet. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh boy. Oh, my husband well, actually also next? keeps uh my my husband also keeps bladed weapons in the apartment and it, it's just well it it's the way he is. <laughs> I know that I know that my son will know how to throw knives. I've just I've come to I've come to accept this and I don't have a problem with it as long as as long as we have the first aid kit when we need it. Well, it's a life skill, you know, <laughs> it's good stuff. If there there might be werewolves. I'm not saying that there are. Mm, it's true. Well, um, bringing it around to the end, I know that we uh, we talked a little bit before the show about. Uh, another song of yours that I really wanted to end the show with after the outro, and that is Witchka. And that has got to be Witcha. honestly, oh, that's the other one that I belt out in my car. Like I have a playlist of songs that like describe my journey as a witch, and that is the triumphant ending. Good. Yes. Good. That is the I am here. I have made it. I am reaching back to help others along. Song. Oh, sweet. Yes. So can you talk at all about uh, where that song came from? Because I'd love yes. to know. Excellent. Okay. I wrote, um, it's, it's, it's a wonderful story, I think. I wrote Wichka when I was 26. And Wichka is sort of a, a, a weird uh, Anglo, anglicized small child's version of a Russian diminutive of the word witch. And I so did love this that. Was, yes. This was inspired by a, a story from a friend about a friend of her family who was a tiny five-year-old Russian child who was watching Disney movies and she loved, she loved Snow White, but they got her to switch to Sleeping Beauty one day uh, because they told her there was a dragon. And she, the whole time she's tapping her little foot, like, where is the dragon? You promised there would be dragons. <laughs> yes. So finally, finally, for the first time, Maleficent comes on the screen in, in her, in her spooky uh, goth bad fairy glory. And, and this, this young person looked up at the screen with a big smile on her face and said, Etovichka, which would be Russian for, look at the precious, wonderful witchy poo. Oh, I love cute? it. I love it. It's it, you put you put ka on the end of anything and it, mm-hmm. it makes it and it makes it cuter than it was when you started. Yay. So that's what I mean when I when I say when I say Russian diminutive. It's a, it's oh. a linguistic thing. And I so it. I said I have to put that into a song and that was that was the wind up toy. That was the coin in the wind up toy for Wichka. And my intent for that song always 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 has been for it to be a song of empowerment 
for witches of every age, but in particular, uh, young witches who are who are just starting to figure out who they are and who they want to be. What and and the next thing, which is the the part that we talked about before we started recording, is mm-hmm. that I have had I have had a a little bit of a wobble in my relationship with this song in in recent months because of some very very important conversations that have needed to be had and some ugly stuff that has needed to come out not in my not in my life personally but in society at large and i looked and so i looked back at some of the things that i put into the lyrics of this and i became concerned that there's there's a possibility in there that witchka runs the risk of making someone uncomfortable if they have been a victim of grooming by and by a much older person because I wrote the song when I was 26 so that is in there it's a little autobiographical easter egg in the line 26 and mad as hell but the refrain of the song is sweet 16 and bold is love the danger I've been thinking of so that implies a 10-year age difference between the person between the character who is singing the song and the character that the song is about. And so with the discussions that have been going on on social media, in the news of how so many people have been victimized, have been victims of this practice of grooming, which is sort of setting up a younger, more more vulnerable person to be your serial victim in a relationship or in a, in an abuse situation. Since all of that has been coming to light, I, I had the thought in the back of my head of, oh, no, I may have messed up. And it was never my intent. And that is that is never. But an intent does not stop damage from happening. So Brie, with you here is my witness. I wanted to say that if Wichka has done harm in that way, that I, I regret that massively. And my my hope is always that the song will be will be a song of empowerment for younger witches and never something that touches on trauma or gives permission to trauma, because mm-hmm. no. No, 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 no. It happens. It does happen in the pagan community. And it is something that we need to talk about. It is not something that I would ever try to lend support to because it is wrong. And so even in already in live performance, and I've, I've sort of been I've been avoiding performing it live because I haven't really worked through and processed all of my feelings out about this. But when I have performed it live, when people have requested it of me and I've said, OK, I, I know where this person's coming from and, and I don't want to refuse them this joy. I have already changed the lyrics so that that age difference is not part of what you hear. Mm-hmm. And that's not me trying to cover up anything that I've done in the past. It's not me trying to hide my mistakes. Not at all. It's a shift that I am consciously making in hopes of not letting there be any harm done. If someone is recovering from a situation where they have been a victim of grooming, I didn't want that to be in there. I didn't want someone of legal age lusting after someone not of legal age to be in the song, to be something that came through to make anybody uncomfortable. And so I, I, I I take part of that out. And, and the Sweet Sixteen thing was sort of a nod to the music that inspired me, the music of the 60s. So Sweet Sixteen was in a lot of stuff in um, pop songs from the 60s, which is what my parents listened to when I was growing up. And then Bold as Love is a Jimi Hendrix tune. Some of you, I'm sure, know that that is true. And so that's that's how I put together that line for the refrain, Sweet Sixteen and Bold as Love, the danger I've been dreaming of. But that does imply that there is some sort of relationship 
that is not not entirely platonic between the character that sings the song and the character that the song is about. And that is not what I want to put out there into the world. That further harm is not what I want to have done. And so I have been I have been changing the 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 26 and Mattis Hill line when I perform it live since since that thought first occurred to me, not because someone has coerced me to do it, not because I've been I've been threatened on social media or anything like that. Just this just and, and I'm not trying to call attention to myself in sharing this with you either, but I. I want everybody just in the entrance of transparency, I want y'all to know that I have these thoughts, that I have have these big thingy thoughts and these big feelings because things hit differently when you, when you have a a baby animal to take care of. And and I have my own baby animal that (laughs) that I made myself. And so, and, and also when you pay attention to the conversations that people are having, when you try you try to live by do no harm or do as little harm as possible mm-hmm. with with reason as as which is the best that we can do. You pay attention to how you might be doing harm and then you try to do better. And so this these are the thoughts that I've the complicated thoughts that I've been having about Witchka all this time. But as I said, when we brought it up in the first place, all I want for that song is for it to be for it to be empowering for anybody who needs that as a fight song and identifies with it. But not for abusers, not yeah. for abusers. Abusers do not interact. You are not allowed. No, stop it. Stop <laughs> they, it. I will use the mom voice on you. Oh, Don't make shoot. me come over there. Oh, they they can sit outside in the bin where they belong. Thank you for letting me um, share all of that. Absolutely. I think it's a very wise thing to uh, to continually examine and re-examine our own work because, you know, sometimes through no fault or intention of our own, with the passage of time, what we have done and said and thought before changes and yeah, hindsight changes things. And we should re-examine that stuff and we should go, well, you know, I said and thought and did this five years ago, but knowing what I know now, it hits different. I should say something, I should change it, or at the very least, I should maybe alter what I do going forward. So yes. I think what you're doing is very wise. And I think it's also very considerate of the people in the community that, like you said, have been in these horribly unfortunate situations. Yeah. And it, fortunately, the the witchy world is, is taking a hard look at some of this. Mm-hmm. And I and I commend the people that that are trying to sort of police the scene as it were and make sure that that we we don't cause there to be more victims when possible Mm -hmm. and I know that I know that every group has has issues and every every community has problems but golly there's there, (laughs) there are all kinds of things about about being witches that we already have to work on like add this add this to the way that we do the work and make sure that that make sure that we are still safe for young folks to come to and that we do and that we do not harm them that we and you know not not to say that that they're incapable of taking care of themselves incapable of taking care of themselves because we have as you know my myself myself and Brie we have been there we have been we have been young people we have been young seeker witches that were vulnerable in one way or another and we want to be 
just for my in my own situation like if i am not if i am not the right adult for my son like if if there's something that he wants to learn about and i don't have the answer i want there to be an adult that he can go and talk to who who can who can work with him on what on what he's looking for and i want you know i want to interface with that person obviously too but Mm-hmm. I don't I don't want him not to learn about things just because I don't know about them. But I also want anyone that he might go to to be safe to go to. I don't want him to become a victim. So why would I want anyone else's child to become a victim? That's a really good way of looking at it. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. This is this is hard stuff. This is yeah. hard to think about. But yeah, but golly, it needs to be said. This is the year to think about the hard stuff because so much yeah. is topsy turvy anyway. We might as well just just continue to clean the house as yep. much energy as if if we have the energy for it, if and when we do, we might as well just just go there. Yep. It's like the wound has been lanced, so it hurts and it's ugly and messy. But let's keep cleaning until it's as clean as we can make it. And then the healing can begin properly instead of just sealing it over and hoping it'll go away because it won't. Yes, there's there's a there's um a good a good term for it in one of the books I've been reading about um getting about recognizing and and not continuing to purport white body supremacy mm-hmm. which is clean pain and dirty pain like mm-hmm. you go you go for the dirty pain when you don't really want to do the work and you just and 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 you know that that the <laughs> that the infection is still there but you're going to ignore it and go over here and do this other thing mm-hmm. the clean pain comes when you when you address it head on Yep. And it might be worse, but it needs doing. Yes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Exactly. And getting back around to the song, I really, really love Witchka. And I would also hope that anyone who hears it, uh, who has either heard it from your catalog already or who's going to hear it uh, after we uh, we wrap our little chat here, that they would hear it the way that you would want them to hear it as something that is empowering and as something that is, hey, you know what? You're going to surprise us all one day. Yes. Because that's and how I've not, always heard it. If it if it causes harm, please, it's you are. I want you to know that you're safe to tell me mm-hmm. because I want that. I want that feedback. If if I have messed up, I want to do better. I am one of I am one of those people, not not virtue signaling over here, but just genuinely to do to to do better going forward. Yeah. And um, gosh, the, <laughs> I'm sure I've said enough at this point. I've I've talked about this at length now, so I'll hush. (laughs) Well, you are a genuinely good person, Suj. You really are. You are a genuinely good, lovely person. And I think that that comes through in everything that you do, that you are so heartfelt and so sincere and so kind. And I think that in anything, if people ever had any sort of doubt about your meaning or, oh, you know, what, what was she trying to say with this? All they need to do is look you in the face or hear you talk to know what you mean. Well, then email me. <laughs> that <laughs> too. So you can't email me. It's totally fine <laughs> to reach too. out to me. And people have in the past. Like, I, and I, I have so, so many young folks in my fan base and I want you all there. I, mm-hmm. I will not patronize to you, but it makes me happy to think that I could be your fairy god auntie if you wanted <gasps> yes. you to be. So, so there's that. But I just, I have the awareness. I, I know that you are there. I, I see you because you talk to me. And so I would never do anything to endanger that because it, 
it makes my whole life better when you do. And there's a there's a group of of young folks who are in the who are in the Summerlin Grove scene that I have told I have told them face to face, y'all are the friends I would have killed to have when I were your age. And I can For probably real. honestly mm-hmm. say that to any young person who likes my songs. <laughs> you are the friends I would have killed to have when I was your age and I had no friends. <laughs> oh, I know that feel. Oh, my God. <gasps> oh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you there, though. I mean, I feel... I, not to like toot my own horn, but, uh, you know, I feel the same way about the writing that I put about, you know, and and also with this podcast, obviously, is, you know, I would only ever want it to be received in as a positive and, and constructive a fashion as I could possibly get it across. And I have folks from uh, from from the from the tumbles, you know, back where I got my start and. They, they call me Mama Bree, and it just makes my heart so full whenever I see it. See, and um, that's like, it's like so witch I hear goals, you. isn't it? Yeah. It's witch goals. Yeah. It's witch goals to be someone that that is looked up to who didn't yeah. get their power by by shady means. Like, <laughs> there there are people that just, just want the titles and want to be revered. But yeah. I want you to, you know, if, if, if you're going to do that, I want you to have a reason. So mm-hmm. I, I want to live, I have a lot to live up to. And when I say when I say it's okay to just reach out to me individually and email me, I mean it. You're safe to do that. And that that came up with a completely different song some years ago now, uh, when a, a a fan who was the parent of a fan mm-hmm. wanted to know honestly, like wrote to me and were, and very very frankly asked. Is there a history of of mental divergence in your family? Because if there isn't, I don't know if my daughter and I can listen to Cheshire Kitten anymore with the chorus, with the line in the chorus being we're all mad here and it's okay. Mm -hmm. And so and I I had never it just legitimately had never occurred to me that that question would come up because I just had Alice in Wonderland in my head when I was writing that song. Well, yeah. But the truth is that my father was clinically depressed. And so I do have that in my in my genetics somewhere. And it wasn't something that I had been open about at and up until that very point and that very email from that one person. So that that gave a huge gift to me to feel safe being honest about about that. And, and discussions about depression are still very fraught, even though I think we're doing better these days than we than we perhaps once were certainly in Mm -hmm. my even just in my lifetime and I'm I'm 40 right now as we sit here talking I and we didn't even know that my dad was depressed until clinically depressed until he was diagnosed with something completely else that had that had nothing to do with the question of neurodiversity and so it's it's not only do I want you to reach out to me but I want you to consider the possibility that in, in giving me an opportunity to answer you, you would be doing me some good as well. And all, all unexpected and not to put any weight on it and not to make you feel like you have to try to do that to anyone mm-hmm. listening. But just possibility is is <laughs> possibility is, is going to be a factor. Again, in, the, in the, hard yeah. Yeah. the hard conversations. Yeah, the hard conversations that need to be had. 
I'm not scared. It may take me a little while to write you back articulately if I have to work through my feelings in the first place, because even that that Cheshire Kitten question interaction struck me as a little bit confrontational. So it took me some time to get out of that emotion and think, no, she's not. She's not. This is not a call out. She generally she genuinely wants to know the true answer to that question. Mm -hmm. And so why would I give her any less? Yeah. And I'll never know. forget that as long as I live. I'll never forget it. Oh, that's lovely. Ta -da. It, it, it really <laughs> is. I've completely gotten us off the subject of which of which coat, but no, <laughs> no, it's it's all important. It is it is all important and it is all connected. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring us around to the end because I know little Jester is gonna be coming home soon, so we'll have to mm -hmm. let you go. Uh, so real quick before we go, uh, what might you have a brewing in your cauldron? Do you have any projects on the horizon? I do. So those of those of you who are listening on Patreon, I have a number of online shows coming up for uh, December, and I want to invite all of you to come. One of them will be through uh, the virtual Green Song Festival, and that'll be Ooh. happening on Facebook and YouTube. So look up uh, look up YouTube, or I'm sorry, look up Green Song on YouTube or Green Song on Facebook, whichever your your platform of choice. Uh, and they're they're doing something every single Saturday through December the 19th. They have a different guest speaker and a different performer every Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern. And it's it's free. It's streaming. And they're taking donations to benefit Grandmother Elspeth, who is the the elder who in whose name the festival was going to occur face to face. But none of our festivals got to occur face to face this year. And we all know that, and we all know why. So things have moved online. And that one I will be I will be the guest on uh, on December 5th. And the guest I will be the performer on December 5th. And then the guest speaker will be Chris Largent. If you hear this in time for December 1st, all of the artists, all of the, the witchy performers who contributed a song to the green album back in 2016 are reviving our efforts with that and we're going to be doing something called the green stream and there will be there will be details on all of my social media on where to watch that but i'll be singing my song 1157 with a lot of the background behind it to tell you about sort of the behind the music stuff and then a performance of the song and then also wendy rule becca kelso ginger doss murphy's midnight rounders um Spiral Dance from Australia, Spiral Rhythm, Dave the Bard, just a, a Sharon Knight in winter, just a whole a whole bucket of us. Tuatha who are the ones who started the Green Album off in the first place, are all going to be part of this this two hour streaming thing on December the first, and we're all going to sing songs that we contributed to the album. And if you purchase it, it is still available. Twenty five percent of every single sale that we make goes back to Rainforest Trust. And we have helped them secure something like 25,000 acres in uh, South America since we started this. And so we send money back to them with every sale that happens. And then all of my other online shows going forward from December into January and all the rest of 2020 for, <laughs> for, the, for the rest of time will be at a website called onlineconcertthing.com. And the next solo show that I'm doing there is going to be December 27th. And then in January, I'm going to share a concert at online concert thing with my friend Kat Hetherington, the poet from New Mexico. She is also 
uh, a witch of of the of the earth. She is a witch of the desert, and she is a witch of words. And I think that y'all are really really going to dig her material. And she's been helping me put on shows in New Mexico when I am you know when I get to when we all get to go places and do stuff and see people face to face. I always hang out with her and we have a good visit and she helps me put on concerts. The first time that I came out there to play a show was at her place. And then she hired me for the Albuquerque Witches Ball shortly after. So there's a good a good bit of uh, witchy history to to my relationship with her. So we will be streaming at online concert thing in January. We'll go back and forth between my music and her poems and we'll share who has the spotlight. And it'll be the third show of that type that I have done online with a different writer friend. And then I have at least one online show per month for yeah, for the rest of time at onlineconcertthing.com. And that is that is a platform that a lot of other witchy performers are currently using for their online shows. So check it out whether or not you're you're free to come and visit me and see who might be on the schedule. That sounds amazing. And I'm totally going to be there for as much of it as I can possibly squeeze into my schedule. That sounds Brilliant. awesome. Yes. And, and I'm recording. I'm recording all the time, and I've I've been oh, working yeah. on on a, a witchy follow up to my blessing CD for <gasps> a long, long time, and it just keeps getting longer because I keep writing more songs. And I'm sorry, I have at least ten tunes ready to go, and then I'm gonna see how many more I can finish within a reasonable amount of time, and hopefully get get you all something new to listen to before the next summer solstice has come and gone. That's that's the new long goal that I've set in place and it might be sooner than that but that's that's reasonable I think so we'll shoot for that and the working title the working title is Rootless so my song Rootless I have re-recorded with Betsy playing cello with me Betsy Tinney and that that will continue that will be the title track of whatever comes to pass that sounds awesome oh I'm so I'm a million percent here for that love it love (laughs) everything about it 10 out of 10 no notes Perfect. Yes. Uh, And real quick, where can people find you and your music on the interwebs? Well, if you want the sneak peeks upon the Patreon, I am at Patreon at uh, as S J Tucker Music. That's also a lot of my other social media: Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. I am S J Tucker Music. And then uh, all of the newest new things that get released for for the wide world go to Bandcamp first. And that website is music.sjtucker.com. But all of this stuff, if you can't remember it, and I'm on the Spotify and all the others, just go to sjtucker.com first and all the other links are there. Sweet. Thank you. What a joy it's been. Oh my God. Thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been an absolute blast. I was so psyched to have you on and this was just wonderful. You are lovely. You're so nice to talk to and so easy to talk to. Jeez. uh, Right. We could go on for days here. We could. (laughs) Let's, let's do this again. Let's, let's not be strangers. Yes, absolutely. Well, you have all my socials hit me up if you want to talk about literally anything. Mm -hmm. I hope everyone (laughs) likes your song. It's your song. I'm going to be thinking of that from now on. Thinking yes. Of that thinking of it that way. Blech. Oh yeah, we better stop. My words are are falling over each other. I'm not <laughs> making complete sentences anymore. <laughs> Same. I'm 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 at the point of babbling myself. So we'll pop it over to Witchka. That's off the Mischief album, if I'm correct. Yes. 
Excellent. So everyone stay tuned for Wichka. And for now, this is Bree and Suj reminding you to stay safe, keep wearing those masks, and sing along if you know the words. Sweet 16 and bold as love, the danger I've been dreaming of. Sweet 16 and bold as love, the danger I've been dreaming of. Sweet 16 and bold as love, the danger I've been dreaming of. Sweet 16 and bold as love, the danger I've been dreaming of Sweet, sweet sixteen And here she comes I see the candlelight from her window Well, she just bought her first book of spells One step further from the wishing wells Of childhood she's a woman grown I tell you girls If I had known I'd do it all over Exactly the same She walked into my life And I sang Witchka, where have you been? Tell me about the trouble you've been in Surprise us all one day. She'll surprise us all.
thing from raising hell to having fun. Which girl, where have you been? Tell me about the mischief. Oh, shadows and a lock of hair. She holds me there. She does not care. Look up shadows and a lock of hair. She holds me there. She does not care. is a proud member of the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network. Check out everything they have to offer, including our sibling podcast, BS Free Witchcraft, over at nerdandtie.com. Intro and outro music by Kevin McLeod. For all the latest updates, follow at hex underscore podcast on Twitter. You can also follow me at at Brina Garin on Twitter and Instagram. For more information on my books, you can check out my WordPress and my Amazon author page. And if you'd like to support the show, please visit patreon.com slash Stay safe, wash your hands, and remember, always practice safe hacks.